Welcome everybody to the first podcast of Real Youth of America. Um, I created this channel simply to uh, explain that the youth in America are not all, um, well, we're not all liberals. Uh, we're not all Democrats and we don't believe everything that we see in the mainstream media. Um, believe it or not, there are youth out there that are actually very conservative, very Republican, and uh, this this channel is simply to express that uh, it's simply to show that we're not all you know uh, buying into the lies of Hollywood of CNN and other news sources that simply just aren't really reporting on real issues and they aren't really using facts um, so again this is just to show that there are those of us out there who do still have common sense and uh, don't believe everything that's fed to us through the mainstream media. Um, kind of going off of that, uh, you know, one of the one of the big events that's happening now in the mainstream media that people are still kind of talking about is uh, the March for Our Lives movement and the uh, the kind of movement for more gun control. Uh, and that's kind of the issue that I want to talk on today. Um, so that's going to be kind of what these podcasts consist of is uh just simply we're going to be talking about you know public issues that are going on we're going to be talking about political issues uh that we see affecting uh the united states today and uh really what um what people think about it um so kind of jumping straight into the uh march for our lives movement it's uh it, it was a terrible, terrible tragedy what happened in Florida. Uh, I've talked to many people, whether they're pro-gun or anti-gun, uh, Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal, and uh, I haven't met a single person who does not feel bad about what happened. Uh, it's terrible for these parents um, that sent their kids to school, you know, a place that's supposed to be safe, a place that is supposed to uh, allow children to learn and prepare themselves for the real world um, and these children instead of you know being safe and coming home and telling their parents what they learned uh, instead of that they didn't come home um, they were killed and um, did, were not able to, to to live their lives you know their lives ended at a young age and even those adults that died uh, they have their family members too and you know what happened in Florida was a terrible horrible event that it should have never taken place um, it, it's absolutely terrible that that even happened and you know everybody in this nation feels bad about that the same thing with any other mass shooting that's happened um, everybody feels terrible about what happened and we all hope and pray that the families of those victims um, are able to are, are able to be comforted in this time of of grief and in, and of sorrow, um, but of course with a, a lot of issues that happen like this, um, you know, as, as soon as it happened, it was it, it was talked about as far as politics go about we need to ban guns um kind of the first thing that i see a lot of mainstream media doing is you know a shooting like this takes place and they just 
jump right into it and say, you know, we need more gun reform because if, if guns were taken away, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. And, uh, you know, honestly, to me, it kind of sickens me that people jump right into it and are blaming guns and, and, and blaming the Second Amendment and even, you know, how they're blaming the NRA, especially for this shooting. Uh, it just kind of sickens me that people would even do that. And, and uh, you know, I, I just... I wanted to come and make this channel and really, uh, really just kind of talk about um, why gun control and, and banning guns is actually not a good idea, especially um, when we're talking about trying to protect lives. So getting into it, um, a, a big person in the... March for Our Lives movement and in the call for gun control is David Hogg. You know, you see him all over the news. Uh, you see him all over social media. You, you basically see him everywhere now because his name has become so big, especially when it comes to this topic of gun control. Um, so I took some time and, and read over some of his tweets that he's uh, put on Twitter lately and, you know, seen some of his videos of his speeches that he's given. And, you know, the one really one sticks out to me the most and I'm gonna kind of talk about that today uh, it's a it's a tweet that he has actually pinned on his page on Twitter um, and he tweeted this out on March 11th so just a little a little less than a month after this happened and he said can we please not debate this as Democrats and Republicans but discuss this as Americans uh, and then he goes on to say in the comments, if you see someone you disagree with, do not attack each other. Talk to one another. This applies to me too. We must work together to save our future. Um, I'm actually very, very impressed with that tweet that he says, you know, leave behind your uh, political agendas, leave behind your, um, your affiliations with different parties, and let's come together as Americans. You know, let's work this out as Americans, and what can we do as Americans to ensure that this does not happen again? Uh, I'm, I'm actually very impressed with the fact that he did that. Um, you know, a lot of other people that I've heard, especially when it comes to gun control, um, they target uh, right-winged people, they target conservative people and say, it's because of you that this is happening. Uh, you don't care enough about the kids. If you did, you'd be against assault weapons. You'd be against... Uh, the Second Amendment because it, it's not protecting our kids. Um, but I'm, I'm very impressed with, with David and, and him coming out and saying this. Um, granted, lately he has kind of um, kind of moved away from that. Um, he is kind of arguing a lot, uh, attacking other people, which he asked not to do. Um, so I'm going to try... Um, to follow what he says in his tweet, not attack him personally, but kind of take his um, argument and really um, start to dissect it and talk about why gun control and why banning guns is actually going to hurt the nation more than it's going to help the nation. Um, so to start out, kind of going off of what he said, is discussing things as Americans... Um, you can't really discuss this as an American without talking about the Second Amendment. 
And the Second Amendment is one of our constitutional rights that um, allows us to own firearms. It allows us to protect ourselves, not only from intruders, uh, not only from domestic threats, but also from a tyrannical government. It is there to allow us to protect our freedom. Um, and so to hear people coming out and saying, we don't need the Second Amendment, you know, the Second Amendment was, you know, only back in those days, it only applied to muskets, it only applied to, uh, you know, the United States when we were fighting against Britain. Um, it kind of, almost in a way, frightens me that they don't understand the exact history of the Second Amendment. Um, so you have to go back and look at it from, you know, the time period when the Second Amendment was written. First of all, the Second Amendment was not written just for muskets. Um, there's a wonderful video that Steven Crowder did uh, on YouTube about it. If you want to go look that up, his channel is Louder with Crowder. Um, and it explains why the Second Amendment is not just for muskets. Um, it actually explains why the Second Amendment applies to other guns. There were other guns besides muskets used during the Revolutionary War. Some of those include um, Gatling guns, which were you know, machine guns back then. They could fire off multiple rounds um, in a short period of time, just as a lot of people say the AR-15s and these assault weapons do. Um, we'll get into that in just a second, but um, really, it, it goes to show that the Second Amendment was not just for muskets. Uh, it was for military-grade firearms, and it was for the militia to be able to own those. And the reason why is because when our forefathers came from England, uh, or from any European country that they came from, um, they wanted to be free. Because before their government told them uh, what they could and couldn't do, uh, one big factor was religion, of course. Um, they were told which religion they could believe in and which they couldn't. You know, Their, their lives were basically dictated to them. Uh, and they wanted to get away from that. But of course, they couldn't fight in Britain because they weren't allowed to own firearms. Um, and so they knew that there was no chance of them being able to stand up for what they believed in in Britain because they didn't have the rights that allowed them to fight back. Um, so when they came to America and began to fight against the, the British government and earn their, their rights, earn the liberty to do and worship and say what they please they did not want that to be lost. They knew that a tyrannical government was a terrible, terrible thing because they had lived in it. And for that, they put in the Second Amendment. And they put in the Second Amendment that allowed them to um, own guns and to protect themselves against um, any threat which could include uh, a tyrannical government. It could include the government saying, you know what? These people having rights is messing with what we want to accomplish. And so they said, you know, citizens are allowed to own firearms to protect themselves in the occasion that the government should rise up and try to take away your rights. Um, it's just, it's sad to see that people don't understand the history of it and don't understand what's written. And what is said in the Second Amendment is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms 
shall not be infringed. Uh, the important word there is shall not be infringed. Uh, and there's a reason why they put those words in there. Um, the reason is, is because they know that if a government wants to take over, if a government wants to control everything, uh, if the citizens, if the people in that nation don't have the chance or the opportunity to fight back, they've got a higher chance of being able to, uh, to take over and to basically become a dictator. Um, and, and we see that a lot, you know, if you look back in world history, even just going back to World War II, uh, World War II with Hitler, one of the first things he did was take away people's rights to arm themselves. Um, another political person that I listened to, Ben Shapiro, was talking about gun control, and he said, you know, because my ancestors didn't fear a tyrannical government, because they didn't fear uh, the government taking away their rights, is the reason why they're ashes in Europe. Um, it, it's just something that we all need to learn about. It, it's history. And we need to realize that um, if we don't learn from history, history will repeat itself. So all these people who are saying, you know, we need to trust the government, we don't need firearms, the government's here to protect us. Well, Germans thought the same exact thing during World War II, and millions of people, mi millions of people died. Uh, the same thing with Russia. They thought, you know, Stalin is looking out for us, uh, so we can trust him. Again, millions of people died. Um, you know, all of these countries that think that their government is watching out for them, it's just not, it, it, it's really not that great. Uh, and, and a thing that I always like to ask people is, you know, do you trust the government? And, and people will kind of sit there and look at me puzzled and they're like, well, what do you mean? It says, well, do you trust the government? And, and a lot of them will say, well, no, I don't really trust them. I think they're corrupt. And then I say, well, then why would you want to trust the government with your life? You know, a lot of people that I talk to, especially younger people, uh, say that they don't trust the government with their finances. You know, they don't trust the government um, to, you know, set even uh, uh, a good amount of money to each different sector in the government. They don't think that they budget well enough. Okay, well, if you, don't, if you can't trust the government with money, why would you trust the government with your life? You know, I don't trust the government with my money. That's why I hate paying taxes, because I know that a lot of my taxes are going to pay for useless things. And that's another reason why I don't trust them with my life. That's why I believe in the Second Amendment, is because if I can't trust them with, you know, my taxes, how am I supposed to trust them with my life, which is ultimately more important than some money? So, you know, the thing is, is... If you trust the government, that's awesome, but I don't, and so I'm not going to give away my Second Amendment right thinking that the government is going to protect my life, and Florida just went to go and show that. Uh, the, the, the event that happened in Florida was a terrible event, and the police had been, um, had been contacted multiple times. The FBI had even been contacted that this kid was a threat and was going to do something. But the police and the FBI did not look into it enough. They did not do what they were supposed to do in order to prevent this. That shooting in Florida could have been prevented, but it was not. And those were government, you know, government programs, government uh, offices that were 
given the opportunity to save 17 lives and they didn't. So again, for all you people who think that the government is there and will protect us, I, I have to say that I disagree and that I don't think that they ever will protect us um, when it really comes down to it. Because we see in shootings like this that there were multiple opportunities that the government could have protected the people. They could have prevented this tragedy from happening and it just didn't happen. Uh, another thing is, you know, a lot of these people who are calling for uh, gun control believe that cops are racist and horrible people. So my next question is, is if you don't trust the police, if you think they're racist and terrible people, why would you trust them with your life? Why would you trust the police to protect you and your life if you also think that the police are racist and trigger happy people who are just looking to kill the next innocent person? You know, again you're taking away somebody's um, opportunity and their means of self-protection and giving that to someone who you don't even trust. So, you know, that's why I don't really believe in gun control. That's why I don't believe that we should take away guns um, is because I believe that the best means of self-protection uh, is myself. I trust more in myself than I do in the government when it comes to protecting mine and my family's life. Um, so ultimately, I don't believe in gun control because I don't believe that when it comes down to the government will protect my life uh, as well as I can. Uh, a, a thing that I always uh, remember was a post that I saw on social media uh, probably a few years ago and it said, you know, police don't get there to prevent the crime police get there at the end of the crime um and that's not always true sometimes they arrive on scene when the criminal's still there uh in the case of the florida shooting they were there even before the shooter started shooting they just didn't perform their duties of protecting people um but here's the thing if somebody's gonna break into my house and i have a gun beside my bed um it, it's more likely that I'm going to protect my life before a police officer even arrives on my property. So, you know, people can, can believe what they want to believe. And if you don't want to own a firearm, great. You don't have to. The Constitution does not force you to own a firearm. But don't try to infringe upon my right to protect my life. So, you know, if you want to protect or if you want to believe that the police um, will be there to protect you, that's great. You know, have your cell phone next to your bed to call the police. But when it ultimately comes down to it, the police will probably not get there in time. Unless you live literally right next to the police station, I don't think that they'll get there in time. Um, I think that you're more likely to scare off an intruder if you have a firearm than you are to simply yell, I called the police, they're on their way. You know, in that case, the, the, the person breaking into your home is gonna do whatever damage they're there to do before the police arrive. So, um, I, I just simply, looking at it, it makes more sense to me, and statistically, that you're more likely to um, be protected by your own firearm than relying on the police. And that brings us to um, the next thing is that 
uh, statistically, it's actually proven that gun control does not work. Um, if we look at major cities, and especially Chicago, you know, I know that everybody brings up Chicago, and probably um, everybody gets tired of hearing about it. Oh, Chicago is always the example. Well, it's because it is the example. Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation, but they also have some of the highest crime rates in the nation. It just goes to show that gun laws don't always work. In fact, they don't work um, because it's just impossible to regulate guns um, in America. And Chicago is a great example of that. You know, I shared that statistic to somebody on social media and they said, well, here's the reason. Chicago is surrounded by other states that don't have gun laws. So people are able to leave Chicago, go buy a gun, and then bring it back to Chicago. Well, there's there's the thing. Uh, with background checks, it's actually not true. Um, you know, you can try to, to debate that fact. Um, fact in quotation marks. Um, but it, it really just isn't true. Uh, the guns, most of the guns used in Chicago are obtained illegally. Um, and so, you know, even if the states around them were to have gun control laws like Chicago, it just wouldn't work. There's too many illegal guns in circulation to really, um, to really even try to control that. And even if we were to go on a, on a nationwide gun ban, let's say that that actually passed. Mexico has terribly strict gun laws, and yet there are so many, so many deaths by guns per year. And somebody can come back and say, well, it's because they have drug lords there, and the drug lords are very corrupt and, and pay off the government. Okay, that's true. But how hard would it be for them to smuggle a gun across the border? If we've got millions of illegal immigrants, and I'm not saying that all of those immigrants come from Mexico, but a large majority of them do. If we have millions of immigrants that have crossed the border illegally into the country, you know, and they're humans, they're humans, and they're able to get across the border illegally, how easy would it be for somebody to smuggle a gun across the border? It, it just, it, it's easier to smuggle a small object like a handgun across the border than it is to smuggle a uh, five foot nine illegal immigrant it's just easier to do that so even if the u.s were to pass a gun control law and we were to ban guns it'd be a lot easier to smuggle a gun from mexico than it would be to smuggle it to smuggle in a person so again you can try to ban all guns but we have drugs coming in from mexico we have illegal immigrants coming in from mexico we have all of these things that are illegal crossing the border because it, it's just something that happens. You know, you can smuggle stuff across the border. And, and even with really, really good surveillance, even if the Border Patrol um, people did really thorough investigations, looked through cars and, and boxes to make sure that illegal stuff wasn't coming in, they're still going to find a way to do it. They found a way to do it with drugs, and they found ways to do it with people. If they can smuggle people and drugs across the border, it's not going to be that much harder to smuggle a gun across the border. In fact, I'm pretty sure it'd be easier to smuggle a gun across the border. 
So even if we were to pass that law, there's going to be ways to get illegal firearms into the nation. And a lot of people will say, well, it's a law. It'll be illegal. Well, it's illegal right now to kill people, and people still do it. It's illegal to own guns in Chicago, and people still do it. In many states, in many cities, it's illegal to use drugs, and people still do it. There are things that are illegal in this nation that people still do. It's because criminals do not care about the law. If they did, we wouldn't have any crime. It's just that simple. If criminals actually cared about the law and cared about abiding by the law, first of all, there wouldn't be any murders. Because criminals would be like, oh, I don't want to kill somebody. It's against the law. But criminals are killing people because they don't care about the law. They don't care if they're killing someone. They, they, they've already got it in their mind. They've already got that desire. They've, they're hell-bent on killing someone. They don't care if it's against the law or not. They're going to go out and do it. And whether they have a firearm or a knife or a bat or just use their hands, use some kind of poison, they're going to find a way to do it. It doesn't matter if you outlaw something. It doesn't matter if you make it illegal. They're still going to do it. So, you know, ultimately, this is why I can't take anti-gun people serious. Is because when you look at what they're trying to propose, it's not really going to help. Now, if you want to talk about background checks, about, you know, screening for mentally ill people, I have no issue with that. Why? Because I can pass a background check. Because I don't have any mental issues. Because legally... Even if you were to enforce stricter background checks, stricter uh, requirements to own a gun, I'd be able to pass them. So I don't have an issue with that. I really don't. I could care less. But the thing is, is the background checks and the screening that we already have in place is actually a lot stricter than people want to say. A lot of these people who are pushing for gun control and who are saying that, oh, well, our, our background checks aren't strict enough. You know, we're not doing enough screening to make sure that these lunatics aren't getting guns. A lot of these people have never even gone and tried to apply for a firearm. And, you know, I invite anybody who thinks that the background checks aren't strict enough, I invite you to go and, um, to, to go and apply for a gun. I invite you to just walk into a gun store, walk into Cabela's, walk into Walmart, walk into any place that sells firearms, and just apply. You know, tell them, I'm not interested in buying a gun at the moment, but I just want to fill out the paperwork and do a background check. And a lot of gun shops, if not all gun shops, will be more than happy to do that for you. So I invite anyone who hasn't to go and do that and actually see how strict uh, background checks actually are. You know, it's not something where you just walk in, you sign a piece of paper that says, I'm not going to kill someone, and then you can walk out with a gun in your arm. No, it actually takes time. Um, so, you know, I invite people to go and do that, to go and see how strict, uh, these background checks actually are. Um, so again, I, I don't have any issue with background checks. I don't have any issue with screening people. I don't have any issue with any of that. I have an issue with people wanting to just flat out ban guns. Even when people say, you know, I don't want to ban all guns, just the scary assault rifles. Going back to what I said earlier... You just have to ask them, well, what constitutes an, as an assault rifle? And, and a lot of times you'll find that there's no you know, set definition of what an assault rifle is. And if you really want to go off of that, you know, there's a great video of somebody who's just at a shooting range 
and he lifts up his gun. He says, this is a rifle. And then he shoots at a target. He says, now this is an assault rifle. And he puts his gun down, he picks up a shovel, and he says, this is a shovel. And then he runs at the target, and he hits it, and he says, now this is an assault shovel. You know? You can call it an assault rifle all you want. It's not an assault rifle. It's just a rifle. That's all that it is. You know? So you can try calling it an assault rifle. You can say that it looks scary. But a lot of these rifles are just rifles. That's all that it is. Um, I, I saw some somebody on Twitter, one of the political people, a senator or something. I don't remember who exactly it was. Um, but they posted up a picture of a gun from Sportsman Sport Sportsman's Warehouse. And they said, you know, an 18-year-old person can just walk into any Sportsman Warehouse and pick this gun up. Okay, well, I don't think she really looked at what the gun was. It was a 22 bolt-action rifle. For those of you who don't know how small a 22 is, it's smaller than, like, your pinky finger. So, you know, you're trying to make sportsman's warehouse look evil for selling a 22 rifle most people use 22 rifles for like small game for like rabbits you can't even shoot a deer with a 22 rifle if you were to go hunting with your friends and bring a 22 rifle your friends would yell or not yell they would laugh at you because they would say that you're really stupid for thinking that you could take out a deer with a 22 it, it, it just doesn't make any sense for these people who have no idea what a gun is, who have no you know, common sense about guns and firearms, to be telling us what we should and shouldn't have. You know, A lot of these people come out and start talking about guns and don't even understand how a firearm works. They don't even understand the basic vocabulary of firearms. You know, and, and so again, if these people who are pushing for gun control, if these people who are pushing to ban assault rifles, went out and actually studied the material, went out and applied for a gun, went out and actually shot a gun, um, just learned more about guns, then I feel like they would have a, a change. Uh, you know, they would change their mind on, on some things. Um, so again, I, I just think that a lot of this uh, anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment movement is a lot of um, just kind of lack of knowledge, lack of information, um, because simply these people don't understand uh, the basics of a firearm. They don't understand how firearms work. They don't understand um, really a lot of what they're saying. And again, they don't really understand a lot about the Second Amendment and the history of it. So again, if you want to be against the Second Amendment, you know you can believe that. But as soon as you start trying to take away my Second Amendment is when I start having issues. Because here's the thing. You're using your First Amendment right to say that you disagree with me, which is fine. Because I have my First Amendment right to say that I disagree with you. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm using my First Amendment right to explain and to you know show people what I believe. And so if you have... Um, if you have a differing opinion than me, that's not bad. That's not evil. You know, I'm not going to think that you're stupid for having a different opinion than me. Everybody can have their own opinions. But, you know, you need to study up on things. 
you need to know your facts before you start spewing out numbers. Because if you really look at it, as far as deaths go in this country uh, with firearms, rifles actually commit a very, very, very small portion of deaths with firearms. And when a lot of these people come out, you know, giving the numbers of firearms that they're, you know, up in the 30s, 40s, 50,000s, you know, the really high number, a lot of people don't realize that probably a good two-thirds, if not three-fourths of that number are actually suicides. And suicide is a completely different subject than homicide. If we want to start talking about suicide and suicide rates, we can talk about that too and the mental health issues that are going on in America today. But what we're talking about today is homicide with a firearm and why the anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment argument really does not make sense. Um, and it's simply that a lot of these people who are against assault rifles and AR-15s don't realize that AR-15s actually don't commit, you know, people don't actually use AR-15s that much. And so this statistic that's going out that, you know, most, uh, that most murders, uh, most mass shootings are committed with an AR-15 or an assault rifle is actually false. A lot of these mass shootings are actually being committed using uh, a handgun. Um, and if you actually look at the FBI statistics, it shows that over 50%, at least over 50%, are committed with handguns. Uh, and so when people say the majority of these shootings are taking place uh, because the killer is using a high capacity firearm, it's just not true. You know, you can use a, a, a pistol and do as much damage as you could with, with a rifle. Um, so. You know, when it really comes down to it, what I hear a lot of people saying is, you know, assault rifles are bad. We should ban them. And then people say, well, you know, most of murders are actually committed with pistols. And they say, well, then we should also ban those two. So basically what you're calling for is a flat out gun ban, which would not at all um, decrease the homicide rate in America. In fact, it would increase it. Um, one of the things that I love uh, is an analogy that I saw on social media the other day. I believe it was on Facebook. And it said, all right, let's compare uh, gun control to uh, like antelopes in Africa. So an antelope has horns that it uses to defend itself from lions and other predators. So if you take away the horns of the antelope, you know, what does it have left to defend itself? It doesn't have anything. So the lion, you just made it easier for the lion to kill the antelope and eat it. And they said, this is an, an analogy of gun control. There are legal citizens who will not do any harm, like an antelope won't do any harm to other animals uh, because it, it's a peaceful animal. So there are legal citizens who own firearms, and they don't go out and shoot up schools. They don't go out and do all these terrible things because they're good people. So if you take away the legal citizens' guns, then you're making it easier for the killer to come in and shoot up places. If you look at the most recent shootings and mass shootings that have been committed, a lot of them happen in gun-free zones. And why is that? It's because if you're a killer and you're going to go in and shoot somebody, you're going to go in and you want to kill a large number of people, you're going to go to a place where firearms are not allowed. You're going to go to a place where you know that you can kill people and not have to worry about getting shot yourself. 
So a large majority of these people are committing these crimes in gun-free zones because they know, hey, nobody's going to try to challenge me on this. And if they try to come at me or something, I've got a gun. And you're not going to be able to kill me because I've got a gun and I can kill you faster than you can kill me. So that's another thing. If you just think about it with common sense, gun-free zones just don't work. You know? It's like if you if there's a, a burglar in a neighborhood and there's two houses that he knows rich people live in. One house he knows is a gun owner and the other he knows is completely anti-gun. Well, who's he going to go rob? He's going to go ra rob the anti-gun home because he knows, hey, I can break in and steal things and if they wake up and hear me, I can easily just shoot them. Whereas if he goes into the gun owner's home, He's going to think, okay, well, if they wake up, I've got to watch my back because he's got a gun and he knows how to use it and he can shoot me. You know, if I don't shoot him first, he's going to shoot me. So, you know, when it really comes down to it, firearms are used for self-defense. There are far more lives saved by firearms than lives taken away. It's just plain fact that more people are saved every year by firearms than people injured or killed by firearms. You know, if you want to talk about statistics, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about rape for a second. Rape is a terrible, awful thing, and it happens more than it should. But let's throw a, a firearm into the situation. So imagine, you know, you're a tiny uh, female walking home from classes or walking home from work one day, and it's dark outside, and you've got your 9mm or your, you know, revolver in your purse. And a guy comes around the corner with the intent to rape you. Okay, well, the guy, you know, you're 5'6", and the guy's 6'4". The guy's 250 pounds, pure muscle, and you're 5'4", and just tiny. Okay, well, how are you going to defend yourself against a guy who's 6'4", 250 pounds of muscle? You're not going to be able to. You know, to even the playing ground in that situation, if that young lady is carrying a firearm, she is more likely to kill or injure or scare off that man than if she didn't have anything. So if you want to protect yourself, you know, be smart about it. Because you're going to be able to protect yourself better with a firearm than you are without. I'm sorry, it's just that simple. So again, I feel like a lot of the anti-gun movement here isn't because the people are are, are dumb or or um, just non-intelligent. I feel like a lot of it is just misinformation given to them. I feel like a lot of it is lies being fed to them through mainstream media. And so a lot of issues that I see with gun control and... Uh, taking away firearms just simply the, the issue that I see is that what they say just doesn't make sense it just doesn't and to some it might to some it might make sense that you know if you take away a gun it's going to be safer and, and you can believe that all you want but I like to look at facts and I see that the facts show that when you take away guns when you take a gun out of the equation self-defense you, your your likelihood of defending yourself goes down. It just does. Because if there's if there's a criminal who already doesn't believe in following the law, 
there's a criminal who has an illegal firearm and, and you're just left there to defend yourself with your fists, you're going to die. Uh, or at least you're not going to be able to protect yourself as well as you could. But if there's a, a criminal who has a firearm and you have a firearm and you're trained on how to use that firearm for self-protection, your chances, your likelihood of surviving or being able to defend yourself and completely um, avoid that situation, your chance of that, of that drastically increase. Because, you know, people just don't want to attack people with a firearm. Uh, for example, on a site called JustFacts.com about gun control, um, they actually interviewed... Um, they interviewed people in jail. They interviewed inmates who, let me find this statistic. Um, they, they interviewed them, asking them, um, you know, reasons why they uh, didn't commit crimes or uh, why they did a certain crime over another. So anyways, um, they interviewed male felons in 11 state prisons across the U.S. and found 34 had been scared off, shot at, wounded, or captured by an armed victim. So they go into a home, or they're trying to rape somebody, or they're trying to rob somebody, or anything, you know, any kind of crime. 34% of them said that they were scared off, shot at, wounded, or captured by an armed victim. Now imagine a, a, a burglar breaks into your home and you don't have a firearm. How likely are you to capture that burglar? I'm sorry, unless you're twice his size, I don't think it's going to happen. But if a burglar breaks into your home and you've got a firearm and he doesn't, uh, he's either going to run or put his hands up and surrender. Uh, the, the next statistic shows 40% had decided not to commit a crime because they knew or believed that the victim was carrying a gun. 40% of them decided not to. Uh, and then it said 69% personally knew other criminals who'd been scared off, shot at, wounded, or captured by an armed victim. So again, you know, those statistics would be a lot smaller, um, possibly even 0%, if people did not have the right to arm themselves. Uh, in a 2013 Gallup poll, gun owners stated... Uh, they own firearms for the following reason. 60% of gun owners stated that they own firearms for protection against crime. Uh, 36% said that they have a firearm to uh, for hunting, for hunting purposes. And 21% said it was for recreation slash target shooting. So... Um, So here's the thing. You are far more likely to be able to protect yourself uh, and self-defend yourself if you have a firearm. That, that, that's, just, that's just how it goes. Uh, and, and again, you know, I personally, I personally and both looking at statistics, see and understand that firearms save more lives and protect more people than they injure and kill. Again, if we want to be talking about, you know, having stricter background checks 
or uh, you know, better screening to find out if people are mentally ill, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that because I know that I can pass that. But again, people need to go out and understand how strict and how hard it is to already get a gun. And a lot of these people have never applied for a gun. They've never gone in and done a background check for a gun. They don't understand how hard it is to get a gun already. And I feel like if people actually went out and applied for a gun, and like I said, you don't even have to buy a gun. You can just go apply for it. If people went out and applied for a gun, uh, shot a gun, uh, were taught how to safely use a gun through you know hunter safety or firearm safety classes, I feel like a lot of people would begin to understand how firearms actually have more benefits than they do um, you know bad things that can happen it's the same with a car I know that people always hate this argument because they're like oh well drunk driving in cars are different than firearms not really because you can use a car to get from point A to point B a lot faster than if you were to use a bike or walk cars have far more benefits to them than you know negative impacts yes cars are used to kill people we've seen people drive cars into crowds we've seen people go out and get drunk and drive a car and kill people yes there are terrible things that happen with cars but the benefits of cars outweighs greatly outweighs any negative effects that they might have the same with a firearm the same with doctors for example there are hundreds of thousands of people that die per year through malpractice of a doctor but you don't see people protesting doctors it's because the benefits of a doctor outweigh the risks of a doctor it's just that simple so you know I, with this whole thing i'm more than willing to talk to anybody i'm more than willing to have a discussion with anybody who disagrees with the facts and uh and opinions that i've shared today um, so again, if you have a comment, if you have a question, if you want to discuss things with me, go ahead and leave a comment, you know, go ahead and contact me. I have no problem discussing these things with people and really having a discussion. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really open-minded to anybody who has facts that would, uh, show different from what I've shared today. But, uh, I, I will just say that, you know, all of the facts and statistics that I showed today were from, uh, FBI statistics, FBI crime statistics, and other, you know, polls taken, you know, especially about what people use their, their firearms for. But anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for just taking the time to listen to this. And again, if you have any questions, any comments, if you disagree with anything that I've said, go ahead and leave a comment. I'm more than happy to talk to people and really have a discussion about uh about these topics um so again you know we're going to continue to have a podcast um that talk about common things going on in our country that are affecting us as americans um whether that's gun control abortion um elections that might come up you know propaganda news stations anything like that really anything that's affecting us uh, is what we're going to be talking about on this show. And so again, I, I, I'm very grateful for, uh, for you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, I hope that you've learned something. I hope that you've taken something away from this. And again, anybody is welcome 
to uh, to go ahead and comment uh, with any questions, comments, discern, uh, concerns, uh, anything like that. So again, thank you and uh, hope you have a wonderful time and we'll see you on the next podcast.